He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. And he gets his ass kicked by his teammates every week. It's just, you know, it's terrible. It's just terrible. Welcome back here on Hack City. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by my former teammate, former roommate from the University of Rhode Island, Sean Anderson, and with us on a weekly basis now, wide receiver coach from Colorado State, Chad Savage. Crazy game. I was honestly really thought that you guys were going to pull this one out. I don't think a lot of people understand how Herculean of a task it was to play the way that you guys did, that you didn't listen to any of the noise. I have, by the way, coach, I have to bring this up. I love how that one quote that you gave us that like, you know, no one's giving the respect to guys like Mo Camara and Torrey Horton. And they were the two most impactful players in the game. Like, right. and that was a big reason why you guys were so close. But I, I got to ask with, with all of that, like what was the message before the game and at halftime that Coach Norvell was delivering and the coaching staff was delivering? Because like I got to know what got everybody so fired up and ready to play in this game. All week long, I mean, we just wanted our guys to eliminate the noise and to play our style of football and to play our game. But before the game, the night before halftime, we were just talking about being persistent, playing 60 minutes of football in – if something goes wrong, focus on the next play. Don't think about winning. Don't think about losing. Don't think about trying to make a comeback. Just focus on the next play at hand. And I think our guys did a pretty good job of that. And did we play 60 minutes of football? No. I mean, we came up short. We had the lead with two minutes left. And offensively, we didn't execute on our final drive. And our defense didn't execute on that final drive by Colorado. And we went to overtime and we did come up short. But for the most part, we were proud of our guys on how they handled the environment. I mean, you look at that environment for a guy like Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, really his second start in an atmosphere like that, he he did pretty well. And for some of our young players, they were a little wide-eyed to start, but for the most part, they handled it and they played pretty they, they played pretty all right. Sean, before you jump in here, I just had a question I, I popped in my head here. That situation where you guys, your team – you scored and then they got the ball back and that was when they won the game. Was there any debate on in that first overtime going for two when you had that final score? Was there any discussion there to do that? There was, but not much. Um, coach, I mean, he, Coach Norbell does call our offense and he did want to kick the PAT. Okay. I, I'm sure we're going to have plenty of time to discuss Horton Brown and Holker's game. Uh, they were all over 100 yards, very stellar. Uh, one of the plays that I mean shook uh, my house while watching the game was the Torrey Horton touchdown pass. Wait, have you guys been working on that all camp? What was the the background of it? I know I, I believe you mentioned that Horton played baseball. Yep. So did you did you have faith that he has like the strongest arm in the wide receiver room, or was there a chance anybody else is going to be trying to throw that thing? There's a few guys that that have some arm talent in our room, but like I told you guys before, Tory has a baseball background. He's yeah. natural. He has natural throwing ability, and that's a play that we drew up last week. And I'm just glad we executed it um, when their numbers were called. And I mean, he he set his feet, threw a ball, and hit hit down Holker in stride. And we did have three receivers over 100 yards. And I'm upset because we could have had four. Justice Ross Simmons, if he didn't have that deep post called back. Um, we did have a penalty on that play. We could have four guys over 100 yards. I love that you guys instituted that this week or the, the the previous week. You're trying to create some chaos, add a wrinkle. I'm a huge fan of teams that create chaos, and you guys seem to do that. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm not saying that you're out, out, of, out of your mind or, or just doing whatever willy-nilly, but being able to change things up and not do, you know, first and 10 inside zone every single time, it, it's it's fun for me as a – fan and football enjoyer to see somebody trying to be versatile with their play calls and offense. 
Yep, and Coach Norvell does a great job. Like I said, he does call the offense, and we're always going to have some trick plays and fire alarms up. And just a matter of fact of when we feel right, uh, when we feel like the right time is to call it. And usually it's going to be in that plus territory, but it depends on what time of the game is and what the situation is. I also I, – I really like that Sean brought up the you know the trick plays. I, I think that what's really important – and there were a lot of instances we were at Rhode Island, which is a FCS program, and we had a lot of games where we were definitely the underdog, like playing GMU every single year, going on the road to play against UConn, and we played close in some of those games. And what kept us in those types of environments was that we were aggressive. Like we weren't afraid to call those trick plays, to, to call shots down the field. I really appreciate that that like that was what you guys said coming into the week. Was that what the game plan was? Is like, you know what? All the focus is on them. Let's let's be as aggressive and go 100 miles an hour to start this game. Yeah, that was definitely on the front of our minds is to attack. And that's the style of offense that we're trying to establish. And I think we're getting closer and closer to it each week. And I think we found a guy with Braden at, at quarterback. And he showed us that he can light a spark in our offense. And we know we have playmakers on the outside. We know we have playmakers in the backfield, obviously a tight end with Dallin Holker. And so mm-hmm. we just got to get in rhythm and make sure that our guys get touches and we can get the ball to our playmakers in space and let them do their things. But regardless of who we're playing, we're always going to have that attack mindset. For for Braden especially, how's he been meshing with the wide receiver room? Because especially in the first half, I was watching the game with some casuals, and they were kind of taken aback. Like, this dude this dude might be legit. And I'm hearing that just behind my left ear. I'm like, yeah, right. he's, he's kind of slinging that thing. He, he kind of really <laughs> is slinging that thing. So how have they been meshing together, working in practice and in the games? They love them. And no matter who's playing at quarterback, I tell my guys, whoever's throwing us the ball, we're going to rally behind them regardless of who it is. But they're a big fan of Braden. They know his capability and his ability to make plays. And it didn't really catch us that surprise because we see him make those type of plays in practice. We see him take shots. We can see him throw the vertical ball down the field. We can see him execute with great accuracy in our quick game and intermediate throws. And so he's definitely got the talent. Now it's just getting familiar with our, our tweaks week in and week out on our different adjustments with our game plan and making sure we're able to execute for four quarters. So we've uh, we've mentioned Tory Horton so far, and you've also brought up Dallin Holker a few times. I, I, we knew who Horton was coming into the game, but Holker is a guy who I was pleasantly surprised by. I thought that that one drag route that he took to the house was just a really exciting play. And, you know, you're getting guys like Jim Nagy, the senior bowl director, tweeting about, let's get a nameplate for this guy. Let's put him up on our board because he showed us some stuff that we, you know, we didn't even know that he had in his arsenal. H- has there been a boost at all this week in like attention from NFL scouts or NFL circles? Has there been a bump in calls or, or maybe playing visits for, for either, either of those guys? With Horton, not necessarily. I think it's steady. Um, with me being his coach, I talk to scouts almost after every single practice about him, um, just questions about his personal life, work ethic, ability to learn, all that stuff. And, I mean, that stayed steady. The amount of agents and representations that have hit us up, um, that's increased quite a bit after last week. Um, I know his social media is going crazy. He had Snoop Dogg hit him up. Um, really, Matt, Matt Barnes hit him up. Yeah, so his DMs were going crazy. But with Dallin, with him being a tight end, uh, with those scouts that also come by and ask about Tory, the tight ends coach, Coach Finley, he's always talking about scouts about Dallin Holker. And Dallin, he's – I mean, I'm just excited for that guy because he's a guy that this is his first year in the program and not many first-year guys 
are voted captains. And so that just shows you what kind of guy he is and how much respect he has amongst our team. And he's an incredible player, incredible human being. He has an incredible work ethic. And what I like about Dallin the most is he's the same guy day in and day out. He's very consistent with his approach. He's going to be one of the first guys in, the last guys out. He does everything the right way, and he's just going to show up, do do things the right way, continue to work hard, and he's going to bring a teammate along with him every single day. Coach, how have your DMs been looking after this game? I have to imagine flooded with some recruits seeing the wide receiver-friendly system uh, we talked about it last week about how there would be national buzz recruiting everybody watching. They had like 10 million viewers for the game. So your the, the, the system and the coaching has been out there. Like that, yeah, that's just that, undeniable. So I'm how, all, how's it been looking? I was just excited that my, and I was happy that my guys showed up and, and did perform um, because it, I mean, it was a big atmosphere. It was a big game. It was a top 25 opponent and we knew it was going to be on the national spotlight on ESPN with college game day being there, big noon kickoff. Like you said, there's between nine and eleven million people watching it at one point, and so we were we were the the game of the night, and a ton of guys did recognize what we did do, um, especially at the receiver position, and I'm grateful for that. But we just got to show that we can do that every single week. But it was kind of cool because we did have guys guys that are committed to some Big Twelve schools, um, some Pac twelve schools, hit me up saying, "Coach, I see what you're doing with those receivers. That's good stuff." And I I tell them, "Yeah, I mean, it's not no surprise. That's what I'm going to plan to do every single year." Well, hopefully you can steal some of those those Big 12 guys away because you know what, if, especially the receivers, those guys are going to get way more receiving opportunities if they end up at Colorado State. We certainly got to see that this past weekend. We, you had mentioned before we started taping that it's been a you know a bit of a, an emotional drain uh, after a game like that. And as I was mentioning, like for our time at Rhode Island, there were a lot of games like this where the next Sunday you come in for film and lift and you're just like, man, I don't know how I'm going to get through practice on Monday. I don't know how I'm going to go to class. I just feel dead. And I I can't even imagine what it's like for these guys after a game like that. It has to be tenfold. So what has you know the, the tone been? And then maybe like how do you as a coaching staff try to keep your guys focused and ready for this next opponent against Middle Tennessee State? How do you keep them ready to go after what is probably the most draining performance in – you know, the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was very draining. And we asked our, our players as coaches to just empty the tank. I mean, to leave it all on the field. And when they get home after the game and when they look at themselves in the mirror, to they can say, I did empty the tank. I gave it my all. And we could feel that on Sunday. We could feel it as coaches. We were emotionally we were emotionally drained. The players were emotionally drained. But in our program, we have a 24-hour rule. Win or loss, whatever happened on Saturday, that's behind us. It's time to move on to the next opponent. And with this week it being Middle Tennessee, we got to create our own energy. We got to show up, and we got to prepare better than we did last week because last week we came up short. And so now the challenge is is to dive into the details with our coaches and to understand that preparation has to be a part of our lifestyle, part of our mindset, and we got to use that to our advantage every single week. So uh, last week MTSU put up a fight against Mizzou, holding their passing attack to under 210 yards. What are some of their roster strengths that you and Colorado State are focused on this week? I mean, it's it's a respectable opponent. They came into our place last year and beat us, and so now we got a chip on our shoulder. We're going to their place, and it's their homecoming game, and we're trying to to show them that what kind of team we are. We're a new team this year, and they do a good job defensively. I mean, 
they do a good job up front. They're backers. They bring a ton of different pressures with their corners. They got one guy that's got some good length. They got another guy who's his shorter but very polished. And so, again, it's just it's our guys understanding our scheme, understanding our offense, how we can attack their weak points, and make sure we we play a, a game of full four quarters for sixty minutes. Yeah, this uh, this Middle Tennessee State team has has done some pretty. You know, pretty good stuff, uh, especially that Missouri game was one that caught my attention. And we know that Missouri is a really good team, considering that they're able to keep them that low scoring. Is there anybody in their secondary or anybody that you guys are, you know, wor- not worried about, but like focused on that you think are going to be like their best players to, to, to be worrying about with your receiver group? No one in particular. I mean, their safeties in, in their corners, they're all respectable guys. Um, they all have experience. And so we know the top tendencies we're going to try to we're going to see out of certain formations and, and fronts are going to do to us uh, offensively based off our sets and our personnel. But we just want our guys to go out there and execute and to understand that we got to stay penalty free. We had way too many penalties last week against Colorado. We shot ourselves in the foot way too many times. We're in the red zone. We got to stay composed. We got to execute. And when it's third down, if a receiver's getting the ball, they got to execute when their number's called. All right, Coach, before we let you go, just want to let you know I hit a five iron about 256 yards yesterday. <laughs> just absolutely striped it. Uh, I, I just don't hit irons that far. Really pulled top of the – got a tip, top of the swing, started with my hands, pulled it down nice and through. Did you buy uh, the golf hat after the shot? Oh, uh, I actually <laughs> – I found this hat on the same course prior. So I okay. came home, washed it, cleaned it up. I mean, it's a TPC Sawgrass. Is somebody just losing that? That's mine now. Don't ask <laughs> oh. me where I get my wedges from. But uh, <laughs> I love that. By the way, I'm glad, Coach. I'm glad you're getting comfortable enough to, to take that shot at Sean. <laughs> it, it, it's, shot look, if you're bragging about a shot that oh. nobody saw you saw you hit, that's fine. I can take that. What uh, what, what what's your best club in the rotation right now for you? If you are a uh, a golfer, if I'm a golfer, who I mean, I. To be honest, I don't play that much golf, but I like to play when when I do have the opportunity, whether it's with a fundraiser or a booster event, or this past summer I did play with my buddies a few times. I'd have to say just tee it up and with my driver. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Good answer. It's a good answer. Uh, all right. That's going to be it from us at Joe DeLeon at Sanderson Radio. Coach Savage, as always, much appreciated. We'll be back with more. Thank you, guys.